This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. So we're in our home stretch. It is graduation time. So a congratulations to all the graduates around town. Uh, next week, I, there's been so much in the news about uh, college and school debt and conflict on college. Uh, I was listening to the news uh, break earlier. Governor Deal vetoed the campus carry law and uh which i'm an absolutist when it comes to the right to self-defense i would stop at the border of somebody else's property so a private university that doesn't take government money whatever ha <laughs> i they can make their own rules but deal had cited thomas jefferson saying for university of virginia they shouldn't have spirits or firearms something like that which i kind of thought was funny that he ignored the spirits part when far more damage is caused on college campuses by spirits than firearms uh, by law-abiding citizens but i'm not one to ban anything uh in uh certainly not in public places private places they can do what they want but i really want to get into my opinions on schooling and college and and how distorting i think they are to the markets and the moral hazard of indiscriminate debt, all that stuff. I think it'll be a ripe topic on next Saturday, Friday, I think is UGA's commencement Friday night. And uh, there've been graduations all week and uh, all around this time. So tune in next week for that. And today though, I'm going to finish up my conversation with y'all about uh, voting the lesser of two evils or not at all. Some people think it's not even okay to vote which I, I read a tweet before the break from uh, at the Agape Life saying voting is violence and the means are the ends in embryo. No surprise that more voting won't fix what voting caused to begin with. And, and I actually have gotten this time around a surprising amount of people who uh, are kind of uh, turned off on voting. So my answer is I'm going to tell you I'm going to read a couple of other tweets kind of one pro-response and one anti-response. Brad says agape is right. More gas won't put out the fire. And for me, I would, I I think the system is so broken that your vote isn't going to fix it, but your vote could send a message. So I don't vote out of fear. I vote my conscience, but... um, Johnny T had a a more hopeful, you know, a better, I think a good response. I think a lot of people only look at the election outcome, the winner, as if that were the only thing that mattered. They're overlooking the powerful opportunity for political self-expression. This is like four tweets, but <laughs> I'm going to read them. Politicians hire statisticians to obsess over the results for decades. I'd argue that influence on future direction is more powerful than your odds of being the swing vote, which is the only case where your vote matters to the immediate outcome. It's like a letter to your representatives, but with teeth. There's a lot of good points in that. And if you want to read the tweets I get, the tweets I send, go to at Monica Perez show. And you can see that stuff now. But I, I, I think it's an excellent point, if you want to just be practical about it, that unless you live in a purple state, you can vote your conscience. There, I think Rand Paul got two or 3,000 votes on the primary ballot, even though he had already withdrawn from the race, but his name was there. Any 
uh, hardcore libertarian is going to cast their vote for him. So maybe double that. It's not going to make a difference, but they'll notice, whoa, you know, people are stepping out. We might have to raise the bar a little bit or we could get another Ron Paul and nobody wants that. (laughs) Nobody in the seats of power want another Ron Paul. So I'm going to go to your calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to D in Hampton. D, you're on with Monica. Hi, how are you today? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. My father was a registrar. As a matter of fact, he used to, as my grandpa would say, register people at the colored folks, Kmart, on Bankhead. So we've always, always believed in voting to the point where they take a tally in my family of who voted and who didn't. Wow. He always told us that, you know, you might not be able to vote for the best person. You might have to vote for the lesser of two evils. And I'll tell you, I have had to do that quite a few times in my <laughs> 50 years. Every time. On this earth. Yeah. But I always vote, if for no other reason, to make sure my mother does not curse me <laughs> in some kind of way and I won't have a great year or whatever. I was raised always to vote also. I lived in New York. My father was a traditional conservative. No, He couldn't even pick the winner on the primary of the Republican primary, much less the general. New York was always a Democrat. And he always voted and gave blood. Those were the two things. And mm-hmm. and I do the same. And, I, and I, I'm not, theoretically, I understand that maybe uh, I'm, I'm feeding into a system that just wants me to validate the corruption by saying, well, you voted. And I think actually part of it is to say, even if I lose, I look across the street at my neighbor and say, well, her side won and that's fair and square. I would expect her to abide by my side if I won. It gives a lot of power to, you know, kind of the Democrats and the Republicans. But I can't resist the temptation to vote. But I do vote my conscience. I don't do the lesser of two evils. Why do you vote the lesser of two evils? What are you afraid of? Because that's a negative vote. That's a vote against something. What are you worried about? I pretty much try to weigh it. Who's, you know, who's in, and there's not one party that's more like me. I, I think in a lot of ways I am a libertarian because I tend to be physically conservative, but socially very liberal. I don't think it's so... And how do you feel about wars? Are you, do you think war should be defensive or we should take the, be aggressive about where we intervene militarily? I was in the Navy. So I think that kind of gives you away. I think that sometimes you have to have wars. I'm very conflicted over the whole Middle Eastern thing because I hate the way that certain sects of Islam treat their women. I hate it. So I want them out because yeah, of Yeah, I've been... But then again, I don't yeah. want to have to save the whole world either. So I'm conflicted about it. I want someone who can kind of diplomatically answer it. But if you need to go in and kick a couple of butts, let's do it. I think that uh, it, if people like you would recognize that there is a compromise of no welfare state and no warfare state, we might have uh, a really viable third party. I would say it is the Libertarian Party. And I actually have read stuff that freaks me out about how women are treated in some of these countries. But I've also read that if you dig in a little deeper, you will find that some of the deep state operatives of the United States and, and our allies have actually encouraged these kind of radical 
Islamic sex to grow up because it does exactly what it's doing for you, which is justifying our intervention that we actually because we respond to those kind of incentives, the deep state has an incentive to make it worse. So it go, you know, you kind of have to go down the rabbit hole for me <laughs> if you want to um, see how these incentives, these compromises we make make the situation actually worse. It's what's called a moral hazard, that you give them power based on uh, their bad behavior. But it's very, it's interesting. Thank you very much for calling, Dave. I'm going to Ed and Jefferson. Hi, Ed, you're on with Monica. Hey, Ed, did I lose you? I know you've been on hold. No, for you didn't lose me. All right, I, now I can hear you. What do you got? Well, I was just uh, wondering about the convention coming up the end of May for the Libertarians. Yeah, what's the update on that? Do you know? Well, what I'm, well, I'm going, but uh, the thing is, you know, it's nice to say less government, less taxes, more freedom. But I think our real challenge that we can get in front of the public is to say that we are the arbitrators. Because let's face it, our party is minimal government to total anarchy, Okay. And we understand that there's differences of opinions. And that's why I think that we can arbitrate, because between the Democrats and the Republicans, <laughs> I think they're both the same. They're each saying, my way or the highway. And that's not the way to go. Well, there the way I see it... Compromise. I, what I, the way I see it is, both the Democrats and the Republicans all have the same compromise, which is... You want welfare, I want warfare, we'll, uh, let's have both. And that's a great compromise for people who want government power. And the libertarian compromise is the opposite, which is, let's have neither, which I think is our founder's compromise. I don't think you're ever going to get big government guys on board with that. But, Ed, do you know if there's any polling done? I noticed, I, I saw the libertarian debates on John Stossel. Yeah. And uh, the three people they had was McAfee, Gary Johnson, and Austin Peterson. And I just wondered if there's polling behind that or... Uh, what? Who seems to be coming out ahead? Is it? Is there a clear winner? What do you think? Well, I, I, I'm just really familiar with um, Gary because he was I the candidate he, last time for the state uh, convention. McAfee was there, and he he downplayed. You know, said, "Look, you know, there are a lot of things about me you've heard and this and that, but I can assure you that I'm very rational and I can get things done." He's a very interesting character, and I know he was in Atlanta um, just last week at the Mellow Mushroom uh, with uh, some the Anarchy in Atlanta crowd. I missed it, but it, I was very interested in uh, what he had to say because I enjoyed his you know, obvious intellect in the libertarian debate, but I, I really like that Austin Peterson. I, I, I mean, he's... He looks like a young Republican, but uh, but I just his clarity and his dedication to the principles was really uh, enjoyable to watch. So I encourage people to you can go to my website. I think I posted on my website the debate. And I am interested in the convention because someone brought up earlier. Republicans might want to hijack it. I don't know if it's too late for that. I don't know if they can come in and swoop it after the convention. Hopefully we'll get a real libertarian on there. And I can vote my conscience. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 
I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB. Saturday from 3 to 6, we are talking about uh, the vote. I am going to take another call. Edwin in Atlanta, you're on with Monica. Hello? Yes, Edwin, you are on with Monica. Thank you for turning your radio off. Hi, Monica. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I I listen to you regularly, and we, we agree most of the time. But I think as as uh, an African American libertarian living in Atlanta, you know I'm a huge minority. <laughs> the minority among minorities. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but I really think that that the, 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 the failure of the Libertarian Party to really gain traction has been a lack of of a broad message, like Ron Paul. I don't think it's the media that sunk him. I don't think he ever put a message together that got anybody's attention to the point where the media would cover him as they've covered Trump. And and the fact mm. is, you know, I'm voting for Trump this time around uh, for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, the guy will fight. We've, we've put Republican after Republican in office. I lived in Florida for a long time raise money for, for Rubio, and as soon as he gets in there, he, he, he goes with the establishment, and he forgets about us. And so I believe the Trump movement, by, by far, is the best chance that the libertarians have to gain any traction and that's just an opinion of mine. Yeah, you're not the only person who I think a libertarian who thinks Trump is a good alternative. And even if he's just burning the house down, I, I wouldn't even mind that so much. On your point about Ron Paul, uh, I would say he was not a great speaker, but his ideas were absolutely thrilling. And I think a lot of people... I uh, did respond to that and did love, love, love to hear it. It's uh, somebody told me, and a wise radio guy said, it's ninety percent content. Your delivery is important, but it's ninety percent content, and I think that's what he had. Uh, I am going to real quick give away the McDonald's weekend prize pack. Sorry to uh, get off track, but this is a fun part of the show. Uh, the first person to call 404-741-0750 gets it. It's a pair of tickets to see Daryl Hall and John Oates in concert on May 19th at Lakewood Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation. And a pair of tickets to see Journey and the Doobie Brothers in concert on June 8th at Lakewood Amphitheater, also produced by Live Nation. So call if you want that, 404-741-0750. And up next next i am i virtually never do guests it's not my show i don't do interviews i don't do guests but when there is someone or something important to uh, the local libertarian community or cause i do it so i am making a rare exception to have katherine bernard on if you don't know who she is stay tuned this is going to be interesting this is monica perez maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB till 6 o'clock tonight, every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I, if you listen to my show, you know, I don't have guests. I don't do interviews. My philosophy is that if we need experts to tell us about stuff that's important to our politics, it's no business of government. <laughs> but... There is one kind of expert that actually helps. And my guest today, and I'll tell you why, uh, 
she is the kind of expert that I think makes a difference, is Catherine Bernard, who is running for State House to represent District 80. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're very welcome. I, I wanted to point out that uh, I, I rarely, rarely have people on. I just like to bring out local libertarian issues that I think are important and are not getting coverage. And, and you came to my attention because I watched some YouTube videos of you going to the Georgia legislature and actually analyzing the laws that they were proposing in a way that I went to Stanford Law School, and I cannot do it. I cannot figure out what the consequences really are. They're not unintended consequences. Usually, they're just hidden consequences. The unconstitutionality and your ability to do that, I think, is a a really valuable resource. And since you were running, I thought the election's May 24th. I'd have you on and uh, just make people aware of who you are and kind of how you think you can help on the local level, even if... What well, looks like most of those guys are going to be against you. So, uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, and then I'm going to ask you some questions about the policy, the issues uh, that I read about uh, on your website. Well, thank you so much for that very kind introduction, Monica. I'm Catherine Bernard. I'm running for House District 80 State Representative. And if you're wondering where that is, it covers most of Brookhaven, part of Sandy Springs, and part of Chambly. And the election, like you said, is on May 24th, and I'm really excited about the opportunity because our district really represents what the metro area is all about. We're fiscally conservative, but we don't want to interfere in other people's lives. So it's a great opportunity for people who have that libertarian bent of mind, like you expressed, Monica, to actually get some representation and maybe get some common sense back into Georgia politics. And I did uh, ask you, I, I, you're running as a Republican, right? I am. It's the Republican primary on May 24th. Yeah, so you're a uh, liberty, a self-described liberty-loving Republican, and I am an extreme hardcore libertarian. So lest you uh, people think that we are um, on the same page, no. But to the extent that we're under the same tent, I would say yes. And uh, although I have basically, if not totally, given up on retrieving the national government after seeing you know my famous line is that i voted against uh, marched against obamacare three times i was with the majority the majority didn't want tarp we have no control at that level but i think we do have some control at the local level and i believe that you i would uh, maybe i'm wrong but i think you were probably responsible for one piece of legislation i really cared about the no-knock raid thing that just didn't it just wasn't the way it was should be. And I think you probably without you would not have been defeated. So I just can you tell me a little bit about how you think you can, even if you are an underdog or voice of one, how you can make a difference locally? Well, absolutely. Local and state issues, like you point out, are actually a place where we can have an impact. You know, we're all looking at this national circus. That's really what it is these days. And just wondering, how did we end up in this state? And we ended up there because a lot of us have not been paying attention to, you know, who our our city council member is, who our state representative is. And they've been passing a lot of stuff that just hasn't been in our best interest. You brought up a great example with the no-knock search warrants. 
Now, I'm a public defender, uh, which means I do, I spend a lot of time in the courtroom. So I see the way that laws are actually working as they're applied in Georgia. And so I've seen how no-knock search warrants can just go horribly wrong. But for officers, officers can get killed. Uh, citizens can get killed, you know, individuals who are in their homes. And it was really great to get to go up to the legislature and just talk to the members about what these raids actually were. Yeah, so I didn't... I want to just interrupt for a second i my problem with the no not great thing is that it introduces a level of tension and anxiety and violence into situations that are other you know are often non-violent situations and i think people get killed Absolutely. both law enforcement and the uh people in the homes absolutely and you know, I, I'm a big fan of public safety. I think the important thing is, you know, we all want safe communities. We all want to make sure that people are safe from the actual predators out there. But one thing I've seen in the Georgia justice system is we're just not allocating our resources correctly. We're spending all this money on the drug war when we've got a child sex trafficking problem. And I hate to hear the GBI say, well, we just don't have enough resources to get to that when they've got the resources to kick in people's doors over marijuana and Xanax. Yeah, I I would say even, you know, my extreme form of libertarianism, anybody short of my extreme form of libertarianism would point out that safety is arguably the only legitimate function of government, that we're we're getting together to uh, delegate or join together our rights to self-defense, which are not alienated from us, but that's what we're in this for, and actually creating through black markets uh, for drugs and stuff, more violence that, uh, you know, it serves us ill. It does not serve that purpose. It serves the opposite of that purpose. Absolutely. And one of the things that I think we've seen is that communities in the metro area, some of the more affluent communities, like my district, House District 80, they're not really seeing as much of this problem, whereas other parts of the state are. So it's really one of those things where having that statewide experience, getting to look at what's going on throughout the entire state of Georgia, is a real benefit when we're trying to decide what policies are actually going to make sense going forward. And things do change. I remember I had an uncle who used to tell me uh, about asset forfeiture, I'm talking decades ago, and where they can take your stuff, break into your house, whatever, without convictions and seizure things. And I said, ah, who cares about that? It's drug dealers. He said, no, it'll spread and it'll happen to somebody you know, somebody you know is innocent. And over the years, there have been so many stories that come out that it did spread. It does attack innocent people. So I feel like even if it's not in your immediate area, at the very least, it's important to see what's going on in the surrounding areas. So I appreciate that. I'm going to uh, just hit on a couple of the the sentences I liked on your issues page. Uh, one thing was, uh, one of your issues is about fiscal conservatism. And I think that's one place where traditional conservatives and libertarians and liberty-loving Republicans can all agree. And you point out here that federal money, uh, that complying with the balanced budget provision of the Georgia Constitution is actually getting attracting kind of a perverse incentive it's attracting federal money which of course comes with strings attached right you nailed it monica the georgia budget is getting higher every year it was um up a billion dollars from 2017 over 2016 and that's under an all republican set of constitutional officers and a republican legislature so i'd even go further you know this goes beyond just republicans there's a lot of independents and even democrats out there who think whoa it's a real problem if we're spending more money than we have and in fact five percent of georgia's budget now goes just to debt service 
just paying off the interest on the debt that we're accumulating in spite of that balanced budget amendment. I personally think that there is certainly at the state level absolutely no justification for government debt at all. Why should future generations pay for spending today? I just don't even get the logic behind it. It's really dangerous with $20 trillion of debt on the national (laughs) level for Georgia to be adding to that. It's irresponsible, and it's something that our legislature really needs to have been spending more time on rather than these divisive social issues that serve to drive people apart who otherwise are going to be united for the common good of our state. And speaking of the social issues, you can see with all these controversial bathroom laws that the federal government uses that money that you become dependent on to dictate the kind of laws, you know, so they don't even have to, the Justice Department wouldn't necessarily have to come in and say, we object to your law if the federal government tied things like when they tied the drinking age to highway funds. So it's dangerous, I think, to to uh, accept federal money. I just don't like it. Okay. Well, and education is another area where that's a big problem. Right now, we have a lot of Georgia students who are getting ready to take the EOCs, their end-of-course exams, and these are state exams. So it's not something that a teacher can tailor to the needs of an individual area or class. It's something that is happening at the state level, and we're hearing quite a bit from teachers and parents that these tests just aren't developmentally appropriate, they aren't helping our kids learn, and they're not moving Georgia forward. So the fact that we're spending over 50% of our Georgia budget on education and getting ever-worsening outcomes with even more federal control, again, it's a Republican issue, it's a Libertarian issue, it's a Democrat and Independent issue. I think we can all agree we shouldn't spend a bunch of money on things that are bad for kids. Yeah, I think it's actually not a uh, just an incompetence thing. I think the priority of public education, if it, if it hasn't always been, certainly has become indoctrination first. I'm actually going to do my show next weekend on education, lower and upper. But the, the uh, behind it, I think, is when you see all this conflict, you see what they prioritize, they prioritize you know, how you think of the world and libertarian principles is not at the top of that list. It's it's run by the state for the state. So uh, less is more, in my opinion, when it comes to uh, government money for education. Okay, this is something I really, if we talk about only one thing, this is what I want to know about. Uh, you say, stop bribing businesses. This is under your free markets issue. Stop bribing businesses to come to locations that are already highly desirable. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the economic development plans happening at the state and local level in Georgia. Development is one of the hottest issues in my district. There's just building going on all over the place, and a lot of places elsewhere in metro Atlanta are facing this too. And we love growth. You know, Atlanta's a great place to live. Georgia's a great place to live. People are going to want to move here, but we don't need to subsidize it. And that's what's happening with these economic development incentives. Taxpayer money is being sloshed around through lobbyists, through government agencies to go to businesses to basically bribe them to come here. And if they were going to come here anyway, then why, you know, taxpayers are on the hook for something that's not directly benefiting our interests. And we get stuck with the traffic congestion that comes along with this development that wasn't supported by the market. So you've really just got all sorts of problems that are associated with government being the one to pick winners and losers. We don't elect our city council officials to choose what businesses can or can't come into a city. And there are a few issues I'd like to add to that. I don't, I think sports 
facilities is a great example of a private enterprise that makes a lot of money that you do not need to subsidize even with tax breaks i don't like that uh i don't i I actually believe that people always ask me as a libertarian well you have to have zoning laws right like no you wouldn't have to have zoning laws if you didn't uh put an excessive amount of money into infrastructure or give incentives for building or suppress interest rates you wouldn't actually have a problem with uh with inorganic growth unsustainable growth if you didn't subsidize it let it let it respond to the needs and be organic and it will it will fit it will work and i I also think yeah and i also think it's a wealth transfer where like if you see the movies come here and taxpayers, I think they're given like beyond just tax incentives. I think it goes uh, beyond just like tax breaks to maybe even subsidies. And I, I don't, I don't personally benefit from that. So I wonder, you know, who am I subsidizing here? Well, exactly. You know, these are these are companies that are taking state money that don't need the state money. So what what I'm most proud of, I think, in the work that I've done here in the metro community, because I've also you know been a public defender throughout the state and worked as a lawyer downtown. But in 2014, Brookhaven tried to pass what's called the Redevelopment Powers Law. It's something that most cities and counties around Georgia have, and what it does is give the city council the power to put us into debt without asking all the citizens through a referendum first. I was really proud of the fact that we were able to talk to people all over the community, let them know it was a bad idea, and they voted it down. So these economic development incentives are not popular with everyone once they know what's going on. The problem is we all lead such busy lives. Who has time to keep up with all of the different meetings going on, all of yeah, the different that's why. That's why we need small government and Catherine, i'm going to give you 30 seconds to tell us uh you know what you want us to know how to help or whatever please visit friends of and you can check out a map of house district 80 to see if you live in the district or if you have any friends who do we only had nine percent turnout in 2014 and this is where the decisions get made folks i lost the special election by 56 votes last summer <laughs> wow so, so let's get everybody engaged and you know forget about the labels Let's just get some common sense and restore personal responsibility and fiscal conservatism. We can all agree on that. Every vote counts. Thank you very much, Catherine. Uh, I will. I'm going to wrap up after the break. I'm going to let you go, and I encourage people to uh, investigate your positions further. Thanks so much, Monica. It's been great. Bye. All right. Back after this, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 85 with a mix of sun and clouds on Monday as the work week begins, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I just got off uh, the air with Catherine Bernard, who's running for House Representative. The These smaller elections, the one reason I wanted to alert people to it, May 24th, is that they have the most impact and the least turnout. So no matter who you vote for, I, I think it's important if you're engaged, if you understand the issues, to vote. So you can check her out. Uh, her stuff is very interesting. Her videos are good. That's Catherine Bernard. Uh, I continue this conversation all week long through social media. I've been really generating some uh, really high-level discussions, even on, in 140 characters on Twitter or on Facebook. So uh, follow me. I follow back at Monica Perez Show. 
And you can check out my Facebook page through my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, where I put a lot of um, you know important articles about the theory. So if I lose you <laughs> sometimes when I talk about some of this stuff, or even when I mention a book that uh, I read, most of the time I've just made a summary of that, or I have a glossary on my website. So you can go check that stuff out, and it's like... Uh, peeling the onion a few more layers that you really can't get to when you're interrupted by breaks and trying to make it interesting for people getting in and out of their cars so get a little deeper and i'm on i'm the libertarian voice on wsb every saturday from three to six for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.